Welcome to State Bar of Michigan's On Balance Podcast, where we talk about practice management and lawyer wellness for a thriving law practice with your hosts, Joanne Hathaway and Tish Vincent, here on Legal Talk Network. Take it away, ladies. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the State Bar of Michigan's On Balance podcast on Legal Talk Network. I'm Robert Mathis, along with Lauren Thomas from the State Bar of Michigan, sitting in today for your regular hosts, Joanne Hathaway and Tish Vincent. We are live from the State Bar of Michigan's next conference, 2018 in Grand Rapids in Michigan. And joining me today, I have Judge Wendy Baxter. Hello. And Graham Ward. So Judge Baxter, you want to tell me a little bit about yourself? I am a retired Wayne County Circuit Court judge. I now practice mediation and ADR, which is our topic today. And the name of my practice is Win-Win Facilitation. I like it. And Graham? I'm a, uh, I'm a 46-year lawyer, 35 years as a trial lawyer in the metropolitan Detroit area. Tried many a case in Wayne County. Um, and about 12 years ago, I, I did a little switch and I started uh, teaching. I'm affiliated with Western Michigan University Cooley Law School. Uh, teach a number of courses there that I would place under um, an umbrella of conflict management. And that includes ADR and mediation. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a very broad question, Graham. Where are we with ADR? Uh, we are a lot further along than we were when I began this practice. ADR was an afterthought. Uh, ADR in Wayne County uh, only applied to cases of clear liability, and you'd have a plaintiff's lawyer and a defense lawyer and a sitting judge. And uh, as, as time went on, and we became a little bit more uh, sophisticated about solving problems, it became uh, institutionalized. We developed uh, what we called mediation back then, which was what we call case evaluation now. Uh, and as the years have gone on, we've just recognized more and more uh, about the value of, of resolving conflict. Uh, we only try 1% of our cases. So in order for us to maintain our utility and be worthwhile, we have to find better ways to resolve cases and how to help people resolve cases um, efficiently, preserve relationships, be creative. I think when government budgets got tighter and tighter, they saw more and more value in ADR as a tool because they needed to reduce dockets. And as you probably well know, they reduced a lot of judicial positions. And so it was a downsizing or a right-sizing of sort. And it also is seen as a vehicle to create jobs for lawyers because as long as you are out there privately uh, conducting resolution practice, then that is that much fewer cases on the state court and the federal court dockets. So it's a time saver. Mm -hmm. uh, some, it can be a money saver. But it's still, um, while it's evolved in, into a specialty practice, it's all I do now, it's still evolving. And it still has a number of flexible places in it, even though now it's considered a sort of expertise and we've got a component of ADR that has a lot of rules. For example, arbitration has a lot of rules and it's 
used in various different ways, especially in corporate America. And people have their uh, pros and cons and likes and dislikes about the way it's used in corporate America. But it, for a litigation tool, it's still got a lot of flexibility and a lot of opportunities, as he said, to be creative and allow the parties and, and their attorneys to handle their own business, so to speak. You you don't have a judge and a jury deciding and the whole community involved in your conflict resolution. You go out there and manage your problem yourself between your attorney and their attorney and you as a party and the party with whom you have that conflict. And you can choose one from column A, one from column B, and form your own um, ADR service to suit your thing. So it's, ADR is not one size fits all. Mm. Although it has evolved with a lot more rules and a lot more ethics, it's still pretty flexible. So what does a practitioner have to know in order to do it effectively? That's interesting. I really have been out here doing ADRs about six years now. And I've been effective much to my surprise because my ADR practice has been successful, but I did ADR intuitively. When I got introduced to ADR as a judge, it was not by a lawyer expertise. It was by a layperson, um, Gina Zumata. Zina, yes, Yes. Zina Zumata. She is the one that taught the judges the 40-hour, all the judges of the entire, I can't remember if it was the entire bench or only the civil division of the bench, but we all took a week off to learn 40 hours of training in ADR. And she wasn't a lawyer. But the way I practice ADR is very lawyer-specific. I use the tools that I acquired in my 35 years of practice, both in civil and criminal, and in doing settlement conferences. So lots of people look at me and ask me what I do now, and I say I'm a mediator, and they go, oh, I want to do that. Oh, I can do that. And they think they can go off someplace and learn to be a mediator. And I just kind of like, hmm, think you can do what I do, huh? Okay. You know, this is really interesting. If I were speaking to almost any group, and that includes lawyers, but I say it to my students and I'd say it to, you know, just the general public, uh, ADR has two major advantages in my mind. It allows you to control the resolution that you have to live with, uh, and it allows for creativity. Um, I, I'm a supporter, a strong supporter of the civil jury system, uh, but we don't try many cases anymore. And as good as the system is for resolving the cases that refuse to let themselves get resolved, um, there's no limit, there's no rule just right. That's the Outback Steakhouse motto. Let me give you an example. We've been watching hearings uh, in the United States Senate uh, the last, you know, couple of weeks, dealing with problems where you've seen one side virtually impose uh, a process upon someone else. When you're designing a process in ADR, you, you have the room for the back and forth. And when you do that, people are invested in the process. They almost view a failure to reach agreement as something that they're responsible for, as opposed to well, the jury just didn't see it the way I did. I think ADR provides an opportunity for lawyers 
to add so much more utility to the services we offered. It's behavioral. It's humanistic. So, Judge Baxter, uh, you said that, uh, you know, one size doesn't fit all. So, you know, what are the different types? People say ADR. It's not just, you know, ADR. What are the different types of ADR? Case evaluation was a Michigan term that we use for putting a dollar value on a case. And it's done by a neutral, a plaintiff's expert, and a defense expert. And everybody presents to that panel, and then the panel puts a dollar value on it. That's called evaluative mediation. All over the country, mediation was considered facilitative mediation, where you did not put a dollar value on it. The parties came to an agreement, and ideally a settlement, and they arrived at an agreement about what dollar value they thought would settle the case. And in family law, facilitative mediation was going to work out not just the property problems, but also the family and humankind problems, the child care, the child custody, the child support. And so mediation is the word that Michigan finally joined, caught up with the rest of the nation to apply to people getting in agreement with the other side and figuring out how to handle their own business, solve their own problems. Arbitration is the one that the commercial industry has been using to great effect. And that will state like Michigan, when you become an employee, you probably sign on with the employee handbook in one way or another, and it might have a thing in there that says you can't sue us. Same thing about your credit card. You can't sue us. We're going to go to arbitration, and we're going to go to arbitration in Wakanda, and you live in Michigan. And so that kind of arbitration has received its criticism since it's been exposed, and not everybody is happy well with that kind criticism. of ADR. Oh, yes, indeed. Well-deserved criticism. So there is arbitration with one judge like me. A person can hire me to be a private judge, like a one-judge panel. And you can fashion that any way you see fit. We can do it just like Judge Judy. We can do it just like I used to do it in my old courtroom. Or we can do away with the rules of evidence and civil procedure because the parties get to write a contract about what will be the rules of how we do this particular arbitration. So I think I've named quite a few. Can you think of one you'd like I, to? You know, what, I, what I'd like to suggest is simply the opportunity that you have when you're dealing with an arbitration to, to make it your way. You have a choice in your arbitrator. You get to see who it is that's going to be the decider. Uh, that matters. Uh, it's, it was in the old days when you were waiting to file, waiting in a line to file a lawsuit. Uh, there might have been 30 judges in the circuit, and there might have been 10 that you'd be happy as can be, and another 10 that you might not be happy at all, and 10 in the middle, but you never knew. There's a real value to be able to say both sides said yes to this person, to decide what evidence is going to come in, um, to decide, you know, we, we have some options. You can, you can reach high-low agreements. You may not necessarily disclose them, uh, to an arbitrator, but by doing so, you can you can create um, 
what would I say, a, a way to avoid some of the worst case scenarios. A safety net. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like, I like that. As uh, a practitioner, are there areas of the law that are better suited for ADR, and are there better areas that are suited to transition to being an ADR practitioner? Well, I always believe that you could go to law school and become a lawyer at 89 years after doing communications your whole life, because the law touches everything. Similarly, ADR touches everything. ADR is so flexible that there's, it's no place where it would not be unwelcome for conflict resolution. One of the biggest advantages of mediation, both on an academic and a realistic uh, manner, is about preserving relationships. 80% of all conflict is between people that have pre-existing relationships. Uh, that conflict can either make that situation worse or it can make it better. Um, mediation allows that. Probate court. Siblings fighting with each other. Uh, that's a terrible situation to put in the hands of a third-party decider who will bind them forever. The, they're going to be siblings forever. It's a collaborative process. I remember when collaborative law was first being spoken of and we, we applied it only to divorce or we, we only thought of it as applying to divorce. It applies everywhere. You know, business people that get in, in litigation, they have pre-existing relationships. You can divorce a married couple, but you can never divorce their status as parents of the children, even when they're not children anymore. Well, that is the end of our um, prepared questions. Is there anything else you would like to add that we didn't touch on today? Well, I added a section to my presentation today about peacemaking, which is a little different than what lawyers generally do, and it's derived from the Native Americans and the tribal courts engage in peacemaking. Peacemaking is there to do something akin to what mediation tries to serve in the family courts, and that is to redirect relationships, to have people take accountability for the act and the relationships, to restore, if not redefine, the relationships, but to bring peace back into and to reintegrate people back into the community because peacemaking is kind of ADR that may address a harm that was done as opposed to lawyer and expertise specific that may address an issue with a contract. Uh, we may address the issue with a, a tort, a personal injury, which is a harm treated with money as opposed to a harm that restores an estrangement. And uh, there's a lot of other kind of restorative justice that deals with uh, things that might happen in the schools between teachers, between uh, students, between teachers, parents, and students. Bullying issues, yeah. um, special education issues. Uh, these are significant matters. And the approaches are very different because certain kinds of ADR puts angry people, people with conflict, in the same room together. And when that happens, you better do some pre-session work to try to get people who are mad at each other and have heightened emotions and a problem. And you're going to put them in the same room together and do what? As opposed to two businessmen sitting in two different rooms where a mediator tries to resolve a contract matter, which is more about negotiation. 
And I treat a lot of personal injury cases between strangers, just like a contract case. They're never in the same room together. We're going to work it out. I'm going to do some shuttle diplomacy between the stations that I've put each party in. But um, when you have people wedded to the land or the situation or the family, the kind of peacemaking and restorative justice practices take a different approach, but it's all still under the umbrella of ADR. Just one, maybe one quick thought at the end. Uh, I teach a lot about victim-offender mediation and restorative justice, which are which originated in the criminal process. Um, I think the future holds a lot of behavioral law, and it holds it in a sense of restorative civil practice. Uh, we need to do more than, than just write checks. We have options, and, and I think the time will come in the relatively near future when we'll understand a lot more uh, applications of the uh, criminal behavioral stuff into civil justice. Well, I can see an application of restorative justice in uh, employment law. If you want to keep your job and your employer wants to keep this person that they've invested in and has training and skills. And so restorative justice has a place in the work world, in the business world. And it, as we have all indicated, it has a place to keep children, especially out of the criminal justice pipeline. So Lorena and I have one more question for you. If our listeners would like to follow up with you, what is your contact information, Judge Baxter? Win-win facilitation is housed in the Wayne County Mediation Tribunal. So I'm at 333 West 4th Street. That's where I hold all of my conferencing sessions. And our published phone number is 248 and your win-win, does that W-I-N, W-I-N? It's not like my name, which is the regular kind of windy, not like the Windy City, but it is a play on words, and I'm trying to produce a win-win situation. So both parties leave, shake hands, and think they did a good job. And if I did a good job, I'll get their business back. <laughs> From my point of view, I'm interested in, more in educating the public. I'd like to, you know, I, I speak to groups and uh, being with the law school, I'm, uh, I'm in Grand Rapids, uh, but I also teach in Lansing, and I can be reached at 616-301-6800, extension 6727, or my cell phone, 586-612-1704. I like to consider myself an advocate for people to use the experience of practicing attorneys. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for the program. Loren Thomas and Robert Mathis, myself, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Uh, Judge Win Winnie Baxter and Graham Ward. It was my pleasure to be here. Yes. Very, very, very nice process. And I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. Again, I'm Rob Mathis and Lauren Thomas. We'll see you next time for another episode of the State Bar of Michigan's On Balance podcast on Legal Talk Network. Thank you for listening to the State Bar of Michigan On Balance podcast. Brought to you by the State Bar of Michigan and produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find the State Bar of Michigan and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download Legal Talk Network's free app 
in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network or the State Bar of Michigan or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.